How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome, everybody, to Locked On NFL Draft. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting, joined, as always, by Kyle Krabs, who is the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting. And we are the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Thanks to you, the Locked On Podcast Network is the fastest-growing audio sports network in the world. We have a podcast for every single NFL and every single NBA team. So make sure that you are going to Audio Boom or iTunes and finding your favorite podcasts and subscribing. But make sure you pick the Locked On NFL Draft, Draft Podcast first and foremost. Uh, the show, as always, is powered by DraftBreakdown.com. Uh, you guys have got to get over to Draft Breakdown and check out the work that they do. Uh, it is an incredible resource. They take a four-hour college football game and condense it to six or ten minutes uh, so that you can watch rep after rep after rep of the players uh, that are available for the 2017 NFL Draft. So we are going to get heavy into quarterbacks today. And if you want to have uh, an opinion on quarterbacks, get over to Draft Breakdown and watch the cutups. It's a terrific resource. Kyle, what's going on? Uh, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, Joe. It's, uh, it's another day closer, you know. I'm, I'm just counting down to the Senior Bowl. Uh, that's, that's, I'm all in right now. Senior Bowl. All in on the Senior Bowl. We we are we are going to be gone and uh, very soon, very soon there for the entire week. Uh, Kyle and I will be uh, road tripping from Charlotte to Mobile, and uh, when we get to Mobile, we will uh, get to see our buddy Luke Easterling, who is our featured guest today. Uh, Luke, thanks for giving us some of your time and coming on the podcast. Absolutely, guys. Love to uh, love being a part of it. Uh, love to see you guys growing and and. Uh, couldn't happen to uh, a better pair of guys. So looking forward to, to getting down to Mobile for yet another year and uh, hanging out and having a good time. We appreciate that, Luke. And uh, you've uh, you've got uh, a different little different stuff you're working on lately. Do you want to talk to the folks about what's going on at uh, DraftWire and, and the work you're doing there real quick before we get into these quarterback takes? Sure, yeah. I mean, DraftWire, we've really um, just tried to uh, build something that's kind of a one-stop shop for everybody as far as uh, scouting reports and mock drafts and, and grabbing mock drafts from all over the place and, and takes from all over the place and giving our own spin to it in addition to our own original content. Uh, we've got a great team of writers there that's covering everything from you know college football news to NFL rookies and, and 
how you know the draft picks are playing out on the field and, and what the, the new wave of prospects is going to be up to. Um, again, really, really proud of my team and the, and the way they've uh, rolled through, especially bowl season. I mean, bowl season, you guys know as well as anybody, is so crazy to cover because it's over the holidays and there's so many things going on. So, um, you know, the, the bowl scouting preview series that we did, um, I was really proud of the way the team came together and just kept churning those out. Like I said, over the holidays, not easy to do while everybody's traveling and, and spending time with family. But but that's what we're trying to do over at the draft wire. We're trying to create a place where, you know, you can go and find uh, not just our stuff, but can be, you know, linked to guys like you and, and, and a bunch of other sites that we respect and, and people's work that we uh, want to get more eyeballs on. So, uh, you know, you guys know, you know, if, if there are fans that are interested in the NFL and the NFL draft, there's never enough content for them. You know, they're always wanting to read another, you know, projection, another opinion. Uh, so we love, you know, building a place where we can kind of put as many of those things together and, and give everybody as much information as possible. So I'm having a blast. Uh, the whole wire network, I know a lot of the other team editors of the team sites, you guys know uh, as well. It's, it's a fun group of guys to be a part of, and gals. We got uh, some fantastic women on the staff as well. Um, but, uh, again, we're having a blast at DraftWire. Everybody continues to support our work, and uh, we're going to have a full team down in Mobile uh, to cover the Senior Bowl, and we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's good stuff. And uh, I, I know for myself, DraftWire has really been helpful Um as we've kind of gotten closer to like the the underclassmen declaration, and um, you guys have done a really nice job as putting together uh, a, a lot of rankings, and, and you know, not just you, you don't talk about the same guys either, you know, and that's one thing that that I wish big media would do a little less of, is they talk about the same twenty, thirty guys over and over and over and over again. So um, the work that you guys have done has been helpful for me to make sure you know the the finalized list that Joe and I are putting together as far as NDT's watch list and you know, players that we need to watch. Uh, you guys have been a big piece of that. So kudos to you guys and, and, and thanks for the, co- the continued hard work and uh, look forward to um, a, a pickup game between NDT and uh, the draft wire team uh, when we do our, bi- our big uh, two hand touch showdown down, down there in Mobile. Hey, don't threaten me with a good time. Let's get into some of these quarterbacks, and um, I'm going to start off by asking you about Texas Tech quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I spent yesterday watching film on this guy, and I think the opinions are going to be everywhere on him. And uh, Luke, you're always somebody whose quarterback opinion I, I respect. Uh, I'll often reach out to you for clarity and your thoughts. So can you just give us some, some thoughts on Mahomes and what you think his NFL prospects are? You know, I'm I'm always a big out the player, not the helmet type guy. You know, being in Bucks country down here, everybody was adamant that the Bucks not draft Shaq Lawson because he was another Clemson defensive end, and the Bucks have had a huge you know failure when it comes to drafting those guys. Um, but I, you know, I kept telling those people, you know, draft a you know scout the helmet. Don't scout the helmet. Scout the player. Don't worry about where he came from school. And I'm I'm uh, I'm having to put myself to the test. Uh, real hard when it comes to that and and Mahomes because I find myself wanting to not like him because we've seen very highly productive passers come through Lubbock before and not be able to translate to the NFL game so it's it's really you know I have to pay more attention I feel like to to his traits and his film because I feel like it's easier for me to get lazy with him because of the same advice I, I try to give other people so I've got to listen to myself on him um but I tell you what, man, there's probably not a, a quarterback in this class that's more fun to watch uh, than Mahomes. I, I think that 
you know, when you look at him mechanically, is he <laughs> the most polished or sound, uh, consistent passer mechanically? Of course not. You, you see him doing a lot of crazy things, but, but one thing that I appreciate about quarterbacks is doing whatever it takes to get the job done on that snap. And I feel like you see Mahomes do that a lot. It doesn't always look pretty, but it gets the job out. On the flip side of that coin, when you have poor mechanics, it's going to lead you into, you know, poor decisions. It's going to lead you into, you know, making what would be a good decision end up poorly because you, you didn't execute uh, what your mind was, was was trying to accomplish there. But what I what I found myself saying that the deeper I looked into his film is that some of the same questions and concerns I had about his mechanics, particularly with his footwork and his consistency there, I had those same concerns about a guy named Derek Carr and so that you know you every year that, that that you do this you guys know this you know you try to put together how you know where did i miss with this guy what 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 can i take from this class or this player and and get better at what i'm doing and how i'm evaluating the next year over so i when i see some similarities to a guy like Derek Carr who was able to overcome some of the things that i had a big concern with as a prospect it allows me to be more okay with those things if i see a guy like Mahomes who i think does a lot of things well it helps me to not maybe put so much uh, wait into that this time around, seeing as how much success Carr has had. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of dilemma because I feel a lot of people watch Mahomes and they come away seeing you know, different parts of his game because he he's he's like really wild. Like when I watched him, as I remember saying, I, I haven't watched somebody like this because he's got so many bits and pieces of so many people in his game. It really makes him unique. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as when I watched Mahomes, um, I saw a lot of creativity in the pocket, and he really struck me as a touchdown-to-checkdown style of passer. Uh, again, another parallel that you could maybe draw to someone like Derek Carr in college. You know, it was a lot of vertical throws, and then if it's not there, just take the short throw. Um, do you like to stylistically place guys because – with a lot of these spread systems, it would be very easy to just kind of chalk up that there's there's going to be questions with mental processing and reading the full field. Um, whereas I don't know about you, and that's essentially my question is, how do you draw the line and differentiate between, you know, you don't want to just box him in because he's a system player, but you don't see him do a lot of the other things uh, that you would see somebody who comes out of a, a more pro-style system do so what sorts of things do you look for in tape like Mahomes and say okay this is something that I can project and find a parallel with that I can feel good about with his projection to the next level yeah I think that you know every position is going to have these types of things but I think particularly at quarterback it's really difficult to to pull those variables out and see which one of these helps me figure out if this is going to translate well to the next level and which of them isn't and you know it's kind of ancillary so I feel like with Mahomes, you, I mean, I agree with you. It's kind of schoolyard football half the time when he's running around making plays, and, and a lot of the times it works. But people will point at him and say, oh, he's a system quarterback, That you know, and I get that. But you can only play in the system you're in. So, you know, that that's kind of a, it can be a lazy argument because you look at um, Connor Cook. It's, you know, since we watched the Raiders struggle with him at quarterback last night, not a not a great situation to make your first start. But one of the biggest pros I think we heard a lot last year leading up to the draft was that Cook's ability to be pro ready was one of his greatest assets because of the type of offense he worked in. And I think that can be the flip side of that 
when you're using that to evaluate whether or not a quarterback can have success at the next level. Obviously, Cook didn't look terribly pro-ready last night, but what, how, you, how, how you can do that with, with a guy like Mahomes is say, within the system that he's in, is, is he confident in what he's seeing and confident in the throws that he's making and what he's doing? And I think he is. I, I think that when, whether or not he can master a more complicated system, there's obviously no way for us to know that yet, and that's kind of part of the fun of this whole process is trying to figure out whether or not a guy can do that, and unfortunately, the the, the teams and and the back you know backroom interviews, those are the the, the places where the teams are going to hopefully try to find that out. But with what he's given, with the system he has, I feel like Mahomes has a great command of the uh, of the offense. Like you said, he looks he wants to look for the big play as much as possible, but he's perfectly comfortable taking the checkdowns. I, I I like to see a passer who is confident in what he sees in front of him no matter what happens. So whether it's throwing the ball away when he needs to, um, you know, taking what he's given underneath as opposed to trying to make plays happen down the field. Again, sometimes it gets away from him, but more often than not, I see a quarterback who is confident in his assignment, confident in what he's looking at. And I can take that. I feel like if I'm an NFL coach, I can take that ability to command what he was given by the coaches at Texas Tech bring him into my system and say, hey, I want you to approach this the same way you did it at Texas Tech and get to the point where you have such a command that you're willing to be that confident on the field with what we want to do. Really interesting points there on Connor Cook because I was uh, somebody who was quite high on Connor Cook. And my opinion is not going to change after one game. But uh, of course not. To, yeah. To, to your point, you know, he was he was not ready. Um, looking, Let's shift gears here to Deshaun Kaiser, the uh, quarterback from Notre Dame, a guy that I know you were pretty high on going into the season. Um, it's interesting, you know, right on the heels of a discussion on Patrick Mahomes, we get to Deshaun Kaiser, who probably rival each other in terms of frustrating mechanics. Um, where are you with Kaiser? And, um, you know, is this a guy that uh, we should still be as excited about as we were at the beginning of the season now after a full slate of games? Yeah, Kaiser's going to be fun, man, because they can watch a game or two or three of his and, and see why NFL teams would be willing to spend a first-round pick on him, and, and I completely understand why. He has some really nice physical traits, but you want to talk about, if we talked about you know Mahomes being very confident in what he's seeing in front of him and the decisions he's making, I did not see nearly as much of that from Kaiser uh, throughout the season. Uh, mechanically, the, the first thing that jumped off to me was was his base is so inconsistent he it, he, he overstrides quite a bit not even overstriding but setting his base initially really really wide and missing a lot of throws high especially outside the hashes when he does that uh, when he knows what what he's looking at before the snap you can you can tell a lot of the time he's very very confident after that when things don't change on him and, and when you're trying to project that to the next level obviously nfl defenses are going to give you a million different things after the snap and that's not really going to uh to look so good if you're expecting to see the same thing. So, again, you see the size, the arm strength, the athleticism, and, and at times the decision-making is very, very strong with him. Uh, I think would I have liked to see him in a situation where he wasn't dealing with the, you know, am I going to start and not, and all these things going on with, you know, Brian Kelly and the way he's yanked around that offense. Sure, on the flip side of that, I think I've said that like eight times now, but whatever, um, You you like the fact that, he's dealt with a situation like that to show mental toughness to continue to push through that and still uh, be successful. So he is going to be a very interesting evaluation uh, throughout the process. Um, it's, I, again, I understand why a team would spend a first round pick on him. 
if you would spend the first round pick on a quarterback, I understand why a team in the top five, the top 10 who needs a quarterback would be willing to, to risk on the positive attributes that he has. I just, you know, much less so than I saw with Mahomes. Did I see, you know, a quarterback who was confident in what he was seeing down the field most of the time, uh, especially if things changed drastically from what he saw pre-snap. Luke, we can't have you on the show and not talk about my quarterback, if we're talking quarterbacks. Um, Mitch Trubisky's been my guy on the show, been really pumping him up since uh, the end of September, beginning of October, when when he had that two-game stretch against Pittsburgh and Florida State where he orchestrated a couple of comeback wins and uh, really kind of caught my attention. And uh, It seems as though you know the big draft media is caught up and now – some people ha- have dug deeper into his film and uh, have more questions than they do answers, it seems like, as far as playing experience and uh, the, the style of offense that he plays in and how he handles pressure. And I'm just curious to get your input as far as if you've done the deep dive into his tape, uh, what do you make of his his level of control of the offense and, and in the pocket and, and making throws versus uh, the level of experience he has as a passer? You know, I, I'll admit that I haven't done as deep of a dive on him yet just because he hasn't declared yet. Um, and I try to maximize my time as best as possible once people do declare, and then I try to jump in after that. But I, you know, I have watched a good bit of him. And I, again, it's kind of like Kaiser. I get why people will watch him and say, this guy has what it takes to be successful at the next level. Um, it, it's You want to see him be more consistent, and I think that happens with more experience. But at the same time... It, You've seen successful passers without two or three years of starting experience go to the next level. Every guy is different. So, uh, again, if an NFL team looks at him and, and sees, yes, he has all the physical traits. Yes, he has all the, the mental tools and the ability to process what's happening in front of him. I really have a, a, a tough time. And, and look at look at what we've seen. Jared Goff. Jared Goff came from a spread system, and he went number one overall. So, clearly, NFL teams are willing to say, if you check these boxes when it comes to physical and mental traits, we're not nearly as concerned with what kind of system you were in. Uh, you, know, you can only, like I said with, with Mahomes, you can only play in the system you're given. So I, I think that, I don't think that Mo, that, uh, that Trubisky will be held back in terms of his draft projection if he does declare for this draft uh, much much more than, much less so than people think because uh, I think if teams see that he has those traits, they're willing to just get him in the door and say, we'll take it from here. We're not worried too much about uh, the system you worked in. So again, both he and Kaiser, I get why people would spend a first round pick on him. I'm interested to get a little deeper into Mitch's film and see if he's the type of uh, quarterback who I could, you know, stomach put spending a top five pick on uh, if I need to. Because so far in this quarterback class, I just don't see that guy. It's nowhere near. Uh, it's much closer to the Jared Goff, Carson Wentz class than it is the the Winston Mariota class. You recently put out an article on DraftWire on why Josh Dobbs could be the Dak Prescott of the 2017 NFL Draft. And predictably, after Dak Prescott had the year that he had, you knew as uh, NFL Draft analysts we were going to get asked this question quite a bit. And I like how you started this article by simply saying, let's get this out of the way. Dak Prescott is an NFL Draft unicorn. And then you went on to make the case for Dobbs. Uh, I was curious if you can uh, describe to the listeners why you think Josh Dobbs is that player that has a chance to be the Dak Prescott of this class. And are there any other names that uh, you thought about um, uh, answering that question with? Yeah, I mean, I wrote uh, a piece probably halfway through the season about some mid-round quarterback types that could 
uh, end up being that type of guy. I think I had Davis Webb in there, Cooper Rush. Just looking for any, again, you, when you talk about can he be the next Dak Prescott, we have to remind ourselves how unlikely that was. One of the people that responded to that article was, you know, just, oh, why even write this article if it's so highly unlikely that it happens? Well, because Dak Prescott himself was so highly unlikely. So it's fun to talk about if this were to recreate itself, if you were to end up in, you know, if a quarterback could end up in a similar situation with that type of offensive line, with a ridiculous rookie at running back behind him in the same type of variables, what kind of player who would be drafted in that same range, talking day three, could ascend to that level of success by putting himself in, a, in those same surroundings? And I see a lot of the same traits that made Prescott able to take advantage of that, that really nice situation in Dallas. I see a lot of those in Dobbs. I see a guy with a lot of experience starting at quarterback in the SEC against a lot of tough defenses. I see a guy who's constantly made out to be more of a dual threat runner type guy than he is a, a passer, but a guy that, in my opinion, improved as a passer from his junior to his senior season in a lot of the ways that we saw Dak Prescott improve as a passer from the pocket uh, from his junior season to his senior season. you got a guy who's incredibly smart both on and off the field, uh, squeaky clean off the field, very community-involved guy, so that's something that yeah, I think is very important at that position. Um, a guy who's an unquestioned leader, something Butch Jones said he's, he's always improving his game in some sort of way. Um, I, I just see a lot of those intangible traits that I think has allowed Dak Prescott to step into a very interesting situation with a, you know, going even through the season once Romo was healthy and dealing with all that. It's not easy to command a locker room, to command a huddle amidst all that noise. And I feel like the same mental traits that allowed Prescott to do that, I think Dobbs could, could have those. And I think that the senior bowl is going to be a very interesting opportunity for him because you're going to get the opportunity to, for those coaching staffs to be in the classroom with him to, to have those one-on-one -on -one interviews and really see what makes this guy tick. And I think that's really where he's going to win. Obviously, you look on the field, and there's a lot more questions there. But again, I think if you put him on a team like Dallas, there's no reason that he couldn't lead that team to, to similar success. I just see a lot of the same traits. Speaking of the Senior Bowl, uh, we had a, a headline come out early last week or late last week, that uh, Deshaun Watson has uh, an invitation to the Senior Bowl should he choose uh, to participate. And it's, it's been known that, that that's an exception as a junior, and he's graduated already. And um, Interesting to see how that will play out. But he's kind of the, the one name we haven't talked about, and I'm curious, at least from my perspective, it really comes across that uh, a lot of the media has kind of gotten into the hyper-analysis and, and over-analyzation of Watson as a player and who he is and what he does well uh, because he was last year's hot name. And anytime you see it every year where a guy will stay because either he, he elects to or he's not eligible to come out, and the next year that he's back, uh, people really start to pick at his game. And I'm curious if you've seen anything from him this year that, that has – had you cool on him, or if you happen to, to be in the same boat that I am, where it's the, the criticisms that you're consistently getting with Watson or the fact that he's not talked about as much is a byproduct of you know him being just the known commodity. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that it's the, the recency bias, the fact that his name is the one that's been around longer than some of these other guys. But, uh, I mean, right now he's still the number one quarterback in this draft for me, and I think that's more by default than anything just yet. Uh, he's definitely not without his flaws. Again, I, I said earlier that this class is more 
akin to last year's than the the Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota class as far as at the top. But, you know, Watson, yeah, sure, there's some things I saw this year that, that made me maybe cool a little bit on him for now. I think we saw some instances where he's trying to, you know, push throws too often as opposed to, to what he did his, the year before. Um, some very questionable decisions. One of the picks he threw in the, in the loss to, to Pittsburgh, which was a huge, I think, black eye on, on, on his record, was the fact that, you know, multiple poor decisions in the red zone that directly led, uh, in my opinion, to losing that game just from trying to force throws, trying to make too much happen, trying to trying to be the hero. Uh, and I think one of those picks, by the, the ball hadn't even been intercepted yet. He knew right away that that was just not the place to put that ball, not, not the decision to make. So, uh, again, I, I see a guy who's got fantastic athleticism. He can win from the pocket. He can make all the throws. He, he's got tons of big game experience. He's got tons of experience, period. Um, I, I just, he, he checks more boxes at this point for me than any of these other guys yet. Again, I'm, I'm interested to get a deeper dive into guys like Trubisky, but I, I do think that it's, it's a saturation thing when it comes to why people are all of a sudden over the last few weeks talking about him, you know, his flaws more so than anybody else's. I, I feel like that has a lot to do with it. Cause to me, I still feel like if I had a first round pick and I needed a quarterback, I'm most comfortable using it on Deshaun Watson as opposed to the, 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 these other guys that we've discussed so far. So I was going to ask you which quarterback you were you would hit your wagon to if you had to, and it sounds like the, the answer from you there is Watson. So for my last question to you, Luke, I'm really going to ask you two questions, but Bill, it is one so I can get as much information out of you as I can yeah, while Joe, I have you. Joe does this all the time. <laughs> This is hey, fine. You know, you know just it's two questions. I, I appreciate it. Just be honest and say I got two more questions for you. There's no reason. Have... There's no need for the, the window dressing. <laughs> so here it is. I, I, I look. I have to hear you talk about Kaya, Brad Kaya. Uh, you know, his the Miami quarterback, and just real quick on his decision to declare and where you're at with him. And then uh, the other question that I'm going to ask now is about Nathan Peterman. Uh, this is a guy that Kyle and I both kind of have a, a slight affinity for. Uh, we see some some baseline traits there that um, you know I think he's under talked about in what is basically a pretty weak senior class. So uh, real quick on Brad Kaya uh, from Miami and Pittsburgh's quarterback Nathan Peterman. You know, Kaya's Kaya's a weird one because you you like the experience, you like the fact that a lot of the times he's making good decisions, he's not turning the ball over a whole lot. But I think that. He he may be the safest quarterback pick in this draft, and I don't mean that as a good thing. Uh, I think that it, if you if you play scared, you play not to win. He's the type of quarterback I feel like exemplifies that. And I don't, you know, it's not anything really bad that I can look at in his game that he does. I just I don't see anything that jumps off of the film saying this guy is going to go to the next level and he can take over a game, he can take over a franchise and and be the difference maker. I think he's a quarterback who can go in and not make a whole lot of mistakes. You can use the, you know, game manager, whatever. You know, I, I, I like his leadership skills. I like the ability to, to not make mistakes. Um, but if you're looking for a guy who can develop into a star in this league, I see him much closer to an Alex Smith type of quarterback than I do, you know, a guy like, you know, Winston or, or Marriott or somebody who I think can develop into a game changer. That, that's all uh, I feel about that. I, I think that on the, at the same time, if you're talking about should he have gone back to school, I don't see the value in that really either. I don't think he has anything else left to prove at Miami. He's got 30-plus starts under his belt already. I don't think he's going to necessarily be able to improve anything beyond what he what he has in his, you know, 
uh, skill set already. So I completely understand wanting to, to go ahead and just make that jump and, and spend the next year learning an NFL offense as opposed to kind of doing the same thing you've been doing for the last three years. Um, and Peterman, I, I hate to disappoint you. I really haven't taken a hard look at his game yet. I will have to now because you're telling me to. Um, but uh, didn't see a whole lot of Pitt this year. I watched some, some James Conner. Um, watch some some one price over on the defensive side of the ball, but I, I'm excited to to get into his film now that you're uh, you guys are, are kind of high on him. You heard you heard it from us first. Check, make sure you check him out. Well, you're going to check him out in Mobile, but I think he has a chance to really emerge as a as a decent option, if you will. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to see him in Mobile. I, I think that the, the quarterback position seems to be one of the more wide open ones we've seen down there the last couple of years, and I think that even just an average performance down there seems to be uh, enough to be a winner. Yeah, and um, I, th- I think it's going to be a great showcase, and I hope they surprise us, right? Like, like the expectations, uh, because you know, all we've heard is how bad the senior quarterback class is. And, and Peterman's a guy that he doesn't do a lot of stuff wrong. And I, I think that uh, a chance to see him and showcase with, with some talented receivers to throw to uh, will be a g- great opportunity for him, and, and hopefully Luke gets on board with the show. Uh, but that is going to do it for us today. Uh, we'd like to, to thank Luke for joining us. Uh, thank you, Luke. Obviously, uh, we, we speak for our listeners. I speak for Joe. Uh, Luke does great work. If uh, you are unfamiliar, Luke is the uh, lead editor at the Draft Wire, which is the USA Today affiliate. He does tremendous work, and they are constantly putting out great stuff. You can find him on Twitter at Luke Easterling. So if, while you're at it, follow, throwing us a follow, give Luke one. Uh, make sure you're keeping up to date as we get through the draft process. He does uh, nonstop work. He is a pro's pro. Uh, we are going to be back with you guys tomorrow uh, talking about uh, some of the All-Star games and, and looking closer at some of the other names that, that have stood out to us as we they've begun to really narrow the field. We're done playing games now. So uh, we're really going to get a strong idea of who these uh, rosters are and, and what they're going to look like. So you guys have that to look forward to. Uh, we are Locked On NFL Draft, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, home to over 60 podcasts that bring you daily content on demand five days a week. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy your day. Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast on the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.